Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Ask BBB, the program that brings you information from and about businesses you can trust. Ask BBB features business owners and managers who share their experience and insights so that consumers are better informed about products and services they are contracting or purchasing. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of the Better Business Bureau serving Western Ontario. And later this morning, we'll discuss a scam that you might fall victim to for making one small error. But if you're aware, you can avoid it. Good communication is essential in any relationship. In business, good communication can make the difference between barely getting by to being wildly successful. Jill Ellis-Worthington of Right On Communications is our guest this morning on Ask EBB. We've asked Jill to provide us with an overview of good communications, both internal and external, as well as walk us through some of the elements and particulars of communications workshops uh, that Right On Communications Services conducts. Jill, thanks for being here, and welcome to Ask BBB. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Jim. Jill, when we go to the rightcommunicationservices.com website, we find your story about how you arrived at helping other people tell their story. Can you give us an elevator pitch version of that success story? Well, I've always been a big fan of words, and that's one of the things that I really love about what I do is that very often people are really good at what they do. They are amazing dentists or chiropractors or coaches or whatever they do. They're great at that, but they don't necessarily know how to capitalize on their own value proposition, what they really offer their clients and customers, and how to convey that to them in the best way in verbal and uh, written uh, format. So that's what I do. I help them come up with the words that accurately describe and really show their clients and customers how their business is valuable to them. Communications is uh, communicating to outside and to inside. So where do you start when you work with that dentist or that small business or or those folks who are very talented at what they do uh, but maybe don't get their message out? Where do you start with internal, external? Where does it go, Jill? Um, well, I, I tend to work with smaller businesses and that sort of thing. So there are people who really specialize in internal communications on a corporate level. But what I do is more communications that's aimed at marketing. And to do that, what I do with every one of my clients is a strategic communication plan. Because very often people have not really thought about what their communication goals are, what their business goals are, and how their communication goals match up to that, what they should be doing, who they should be doing it for. They So we really work on identifying their target markets and if you want to call that an emoji or whatever, that's fine. You can picture the person, but we really work down because you don't know what kind of words to use. If your client is a 40-year-old woman or a 20-year-old man, you use very different language. So we need to identify that. We need to really drill down and dig deep and find out who those people are. So then we know how to shape their whole marketing campaign, what the words they're going to use, where they're going to place those words. It's the right words at the right time with the right people in the right places. Does that surprise them? It does. They they find the exercise. It takes a couple of hours, and it's, it's a lot of work, and people are often, uh, often we're laughing as much as we're not, but they realize that um, they've learned a lot through the process. So we agreed that in business, good communication leads to a good bottom line. 
Can you walk us through the pieces to that uh, robust communications business plan that you're talking about? Well, like I said, we start with the goals, then we move on to target markets. We talk about what some of the issues are that could stand in the way. We're not going to make excuses. We're not going to let those things get in the way. But until you've identified what your particular issues are, you can't mitigate for them. Are some of the issues your own disorganization? Are they the fact that you're new in the market, the fact that the market's very crowded, the fact that people are skeptical about the type of service you offer, those sorts of things? So once you've identified all your issues and counters and you come up with all your solutions, how we're going to get over all those hills, then we really get down. Once you take all of those things into consideration, that's where we come up with the action plan. And that has to be deadline-oriented, budget-conscious, and executable. So that's where we come up with that plan. So you have to do sort of all the groundwork. It's kind of like painting a wall. You cannot paint a wall until you sanded and primed and done all that work, and then you put the paint on. Everybody wants to go right to the paint. You want to go to the juicy part, but you have to do the groundwork first in any job. So when you say they want to go to the paint, they want to go and buy a bunch of radio or buy a bunch of advertising, but you've you've got to do a lot of work ahead of that to get the message ready. Is that it? That's right. I mean, how will you know what radio to buy? How will you know what uh, social media platforms to work through? How will you know where to place your media relations campaign? If you don't know who your clients and customers are and where they consume these things, if your client was a 40-year-old female, you wouldn't be on the same social media platforms as if she was a 20-year-old male. So, you know, you're really shooting in the dark. You're taking that scattergun approach that's expensive and usually ends up getting you nowhere. Social media platform. Is that something you have to spend some time explaining? Because that's, in the last decade, has become really important to communications. Absolutely. I mean, it is as unfree as anything can be unfree. People go, oh, it's great marketing because it's free. Well, it's not. Because the time that it takes you to come up with a, a plan and the right words and doing the right messaging on the right platforms at the right time is is so the actual execution of it's free but your time is worth something so whether you do it yourself or you hire there are social media coaches and that's there is nothing wrong with getting help from somebody like that so we we've just talked about costs of doing business from there's obviously other costs rent utilities advertising marketing is there a formula to help a business or an individual determine what they should be able to afford to spend on their communications efforts or a priority plan That is a really good question. I have to say that I have not really worked that out. Where I work with my clients more on on knowing their numbers and what it's sort of more the time they need to be spending than the money because I help them a lot more with uh, media relations or good social media penetration. Um, I will advise them on ad buys, but a lot of that becomes really apparent once we've done the homework. But I do have a formula for, say, networking. I have a networking program that I work through people. If you know you need X amount of clients or customers every week, then how many people do you need to have face-to-face conversations with to gain them as a customer? And how many of those people do you need to even meet to have the conversations to get the meeting that they do? And to get that number, how many networking events do you need to go to? So we work backwards from what you what your budget is what you need to make to how many people you need to talk to to gain as clients to where you need to be and how often you need to be there to talk to the right amount of people so there are formulas 
But sometimes it's not all about money because time is worth more than money. I think almost all business people will will agree about that. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest is Jill Ellis Worthington of Right On Communication Services, Inc. And when we return, could a communications workshop get people talking about your business? Stay tuned. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. And our guest this morning is Jill Ellis Worthington of Right On Communications International, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau. And we're talking about communications and workshops. Right On Communications workshops cover everything from strategic communications planning to networking and crafting that elevator pitch. Why should a small business consider contracting a company like RightOn for such a workshop, and what should they expect in terms of results? And do you have any workshops uh, on the near horizon? So I do workshops in a couple different ways. I uh, I put on my own, and uh, I go into businesses and offer their workshops. Anything from uh, I did one for Tech Alliance on media relations. I do them for uh, uh, MLM companies, you know, direct distributors on crafting an elevator pitch when everybody does sort of sells the same products, but they have a unique background that they bring to it so we can give each of them a unique elevator pitch. Um, I'm doing a speaking workshop uh, on September 20th uh, on uh, called Powerful Presentations on how to speak to an audience about uh, your product or service and uh, share valuable information with them in a really powerful way. And whether if any of these kinds of workshops, well, especially the elevator pitch and the powerful presentations one, it starts with a great lead. So if you're going an elevator pitch, how do you get your audience's attention? How do you tell them what you do in a really concise way? And how do you leave them with a way to contact you? And that's kind of the formula for both those things. Elevator pitches are just really, really short speeches. So something like... Um, I often take someone from the audience and they give me what they do and that sort of thing in their background. So um, if I were if I were someone who had worked in radio for years and I had a video um, business or something, I'd say, you probably know this voice from, you know, the 80s. But today <laughs> you would be able to see me and not just hear me because I do video. And what's more important is I show you and show the audience how great you are. Why not listen to me? I'm Jim Swan, and I you've been listening to me for years, but listen to me right now, show you how great your business is, and show your clients. Something to that effect. So you get people's attention. You tell, give them your value proposition in a very quick and precise way. You let them know your name and how to contact with you, and you get out. Value proposition, I guess, is one of the things that you work on before you start that that lead, though. Eh? Absolutely. You figure out what your value proposition is. What differentiates you in the marketplace and what's going to make people pay attention to what you do? Uh, when you're working with people who are going to give speeches, you know, we talked uh, in the first segment about uh, companies where uh, a person may be really good at one thing, but they're not so good at communications. Are there some tricks to helping them when they know they're going to be in front of an audience? Because that's one of the things that many people find very difficult, Jill. How do you get them past that barrier? 
to be able to give that that effect of speech. Well, I do work with people on on defeating stage frights. So a lot of people, I mean, they'll say that there's that old uh, saying that says it's better to be the guy in the coffin than the guy giving the eulogy, where people <laughs> fear death less than they fear public speaking. And a lot of people sadly feel that way. So some of the tips that I give them is having a really great speech, like knowing it cold. And I have a formula to show them sort of five steps to remembering your speech, and it helps the audience remember what you've said. So it really works both ways. You're really helping your audience that way. So if you really know your speech cold, you're you're not going to be so fearful. But then there are a couple things you can do on top of that is that if you know where you're going to be speaking, if you can familiarize yourself with the room a little bit, and then that way you can really, in the days preceding, imagine yourself in that space giving a really powerful presentation, having no fear, winning over the audience. If you can you can put that positive energy out there and, and visualize that, the power of visualization is very, very, that's why they call it power because it's powerful. And that's one of the ways I help people overcome stage fright. What are some of the bad habits or omissions that lead to poor communications, and uh, how can you help overcome those bad habits? Well, you know, interpersonal communications are one thing, but uh, I would say in business communications, um, one of the things that people don't do is take the time to think about way how they really serve their clients, the sort of what have you done for me lately concept. Um, the the old adages and old thoughts that you've had about the way you've always done business is maybe not the best thing to keep thinking about. Redoing that strategic communication plan, thinking about who your audience is now, how they want to be communicated with. Are they still reading the newspaper? If they are, that's a great avenue for you and a way, way to com- communicate with them. But if they are not, if they've moved on to other ways that they wish to be communicated with, that is probably one of the biggest downfalls I see where people sort of won't refresh their thinking. How do you get them to refresh that thinking then, Jill? Uh, that must be a barrier that uh, takes a little while to overcome. Well, there. You I mean, you, you can see it. You can see companies where that hasn't happened. We've had some sort of major retailers uh, close down. Toys R Us didn't mm-hmm. realize that uh, people were buying most of their products online and and had to close retail stores. So you see, we see the negative consequences of that. But we also see great examples of like WetJet, WestJet, realize that they're not just uh, transporting people through the air, that they're really our partnership in travel. So rethinking what you do, even though you're still making buggy whips, what are people using them for today? How do they need them? Why do they value you as their uh, supplier over another supplier. So just doing a bit of a deep dive. and Because the thing is, is we all get so busy doing what we're doing, we sometimes forget a bit to, to take that step back and be a little bit more objective. So you, you really burrow down to find what it is that they're appreciating. For instance, the Better Business Bureau is selling reliability and, and trust, if you, if you think about that. The value proposition of the BBB, and one reason I became a board member and a member, is that um, it is about integrity and trust, and that seems to be really lacking in today's uh, society. People are more, not lacking, it seems to be more um, valued and less talked about in some ways just because of today's political climate. And I really feel like when people start... Um, talking about false news and all of that sort of thing, 
that that sort of cynicism is is a real danger. So I want to have my company and work with other companies who really fall down on the side of integrity and not being shy about talking about how they serve their clients with integrity. Jill, it's been more than interesting, and I'm sure that our listeners have taken something away that will improve their communications. And when is that uh, workshop that you were talking about again? On September 20th, and if uh, people go to my uh, workshop, or sorry, website, uh, rightoncommunicationservices.com, they can uh, find out the information or they can uh, look up Right On Communications on Facebook or Instagram. Well, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. Our guest has been Jill Ellis-Worthington of Right On Communication Services International, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. And you can reach Jill by searching through the BBB directory or directly at rightoncommunicationservices.com. And we'll return in a moment to tell you about a scam that you may fall prey to for making a simple but common error. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. We've been talking about communications this morning. Right now, we'd like to alert you to a scam that happens because of a very slight error on the part of the consumer. Yes, Linda, in the hurry-scurry world, that's a very rare day when a tiny little error doesn't slip in. And that's what the customer support scam takes advantage of. When you dial customer support, be sure to double or triple check that phone number. The crafty con, often called fat finger dialing, nearly fooled a BBB staff member. Scammers are buying phone numbers similar to the customer support numbers of major companies and fooling those who accidentally misdial. So how does the scam work out then? You have a problem. You need to reach customer support for help with a product or service. You find the number on a recent bill and uh, the back of your credit card or even the company's website and dial it. An automatic message tells you that you've been selected to receive a gift card. So you made a little error in the dial, and there's no indication that you've dialed the wrong number? No, and because you dialed the number, you assume that the gift card offer must be the real deal, so you stay on the line and speak to a representative. But this is where you should become aware that not all is as it should be. This person claims to need your name, address, and credit card number in order to process your new gift card. Just hang up. There is no free gift card. Sharing your personal information with scammers opens you up to fraudulent charges or even identity theft. Are are there variations on this fat finger dialing scam, Linda? Yes. As usual, this scam has many different versions. A BBB staff person was targeted by this scam when trying to reach her credit card company, but scammers impersonated organizations ranging from the CRA to Walmart to Canadian Tire. Other versions of fat finger dialing cons use free giveaways or phony survey instead of a gift card. Okay. So how do you spot a giveaway or a gift card scam? Legitimate businesses do not ask for credit card numbers or banking information for coupons or giveaways. If they do ask for personal information, like an address or email, be sure there's a link to their privacy policy. When in doubt, do a quick web search. If the giveaway is a scam, this is likely to reveal an alert or bring you to the organization's real website where they may have posted further information. 
Watch out for a reward that's too good to be true. Businesses typically give out small discounts to entice customers. If the offer seems too good to be true, a $100 voucher or 50% discount, it might be a scam. And some of the information that you've just uh, provided us with would be available on the BBB Scam Tracker, Linda? Yes. For more information about scams, go to BBB Scam Tips. That's bbb.org backslash scam tips. To report a scam, go to BBB Scam Tracker, bbb.org backslash scam tracker. Well, Linda, that's just about our time for Ask BBB this time. Remember, you can always ask BBB. Visit our website at bbb.org. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. If you are a business owner and are interested in becoming a BBB accredited business, call us or go online to bbb.org backslash western hyphen Ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.